Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. What's up, everybody? Welcome back. Uh, When this comes out, it's going to be Christmas, so Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and everything. I hope everybody out there has a way to be surrounded by some sort of friends or family, or whether it's virtually, whether you're able to go visit them um, safely and everything. And, uh, you know, we're getting close to the end of 2020 and getting to 2021, and hopefully that it becomes a better year. I think it can only go up. Uh, but welcome back. Uh, today, we're just, I'm going to talk in sports with me. We're going to go off on a little tangents here. Um, things have happened. Uh, you know, we have our final four for the college football playoff. Uh, a lot of discussion and debates about that. And I can discuss my thoughts on how to fix the college football playoff and how it should be. Uh, Illinois, the University of Illinois, who I'm a fan of, sometimes, most of the time, unfortunately, in their football program. Uh, they hired a new football coach. They fired Lovey Smith and hired coach uh, Brent Bielema. I hope I said that right. I'm going to say Bielema and Bielema over and over. Um, and then NBA is starting. Uh, the Chicago Bears starting to win a little bit. So it's just a lot of sports. It's going to be a lot of the Final Four for college football and how to fix it. And it's going to be about what to expect the University of Illinois football and maybe some Illinois basketball. Uh, so we're just going to talk about that and uh, – let everybody go on with their Christmas and their holidays, and then uh, we'll get took a couple of days off from recording. We'll get right, ramped right back up for some great guests. Um, before I get going, uh, this podcast has uh, partnered to work with the Unhinged Sports Network, so go check out uh, at the Unhinged Sports Network on social media, on the website. Um, they play podcasts 24-7. If you're a fan of any sports whatsoever, and I mean any sport, Name it. It's, there's a show about it on there. And very excitedly, the Unhinged Sports Network has uh, partnered with uh, FUBU TV. Um, so in case you've missed it, they recently par- partnered with FUBU TV. Um, it brings you 100 plus channels, including NBC, CBS, Fox, ABC, ESPN, and many more without the hassle of having a cable contract. So it's time to cut the cord, guys. Time to cut the cord. Get on FUBU TV. Um, 
If you don't believe me, please click the link in the episode description. Go to the uh, links in uh, the bio on social media, and you can get a seven-day free trial right now. So cut the cord, go try it out, uh, and be able to go in there and watch sports. So go check it out. So the college football playoff is set. They had number one Alabama is going to be playing number four Notre Dame. Number two is the Clemson Tigers. They will be playing the number three Ohio State Buckeyes. Now, I think it was undoubtedly that Alabama is going to be number one. I think they are going to win the national title. I said they were very upset last year that they had to play Michigan and no one gives a rat's ass bowl game and was very upset because Alabama has these high expectations of I don't know if it's championship or bust, if it's the best way to describe it, but let's just say championship or bust mentality. And so they're on a mission. They're playing very well when you think Alabama, you think offense. Um, Clemson had played Notre Dame for the ACC title. And I think this is because you're going to... Notre Dame is sitting there right now saying, this is why we do not play in a conference. This is why we like to be independent. This is why... We do what we do because if we didn't play the ACC championship game, we probably would have made the college football playoff being undefeated. We would have been the number two seed or number three seed. Maybe we're not playing Alabama. Maybe it would have been the first time they played Clemson. I have no idea. And, um, yeah, so that happened. Uh, Clemson won, you know, 34 to 10 and just kind of showed. Notre Dame that they are the I think Clemson is the second best team in the nation I'm not saying that Notre Dame is the second best or anything but I think Clemson is uh the the so the those two don't the, the Notre or the Alex excuse me, Alabama Clemson they, that that is doesn't surprise anybody what really people are talking about is Ohio State and Notre Dame people say Notre Dame isn't very good I think they are um, now, are they better than Texas A&M? I have no idea. But if people actually sat down and watch what Notre Dame does, they're not flashy. They are... They're very well balanced. Now, if you can stop... If you can stop both of them... I'm just going to talk about it right now. If you watch the Clemson game, Notre Dame just kind of looked like they didn't adjust very well. They looked like they tried to go more spread you out instead of bringing in their tight ends all the time and trying to run the ball, which is they're very good at. They have good blocking tight ends. They have tight ends that can go out in space and catch the ball. It looked like they tried to spread Clemson out more, but then Clemson's game plan was, let's make sure Ian Book does not get outside the pocket. It's kind of like Mitchell Trubisky for the Bears. Let's, let's, let's not get him outside the pocket, because when Ian Book gets outside the pocket, he's very good. So if you actually watch the, the game, Clemson said, okay, we're going to stop the run. When they go to spread us out, we're going to keep guys close to the box, maybe not necessarily blitz all the time. The D linemen, instead of flying up the field, they're just going to grab onto the old linemen and stay in their gap and, and kind of see what's going on. And if we can really have our guys, our corners and safeties, really pass, like cover the receivers and making a book sit back there for four seconds, and we can really play good coverage then we're going to have a chance to succeed because Ian Book is good, but what is they, they maximize on maybe something he really isn't comfortable with doing. That he, He's more consistently good at moving outside the pocket and throwing. There are times where he can stand in the pocket and make good throws. 
but I think they probably did some research on the film more than you know all of us do and can really see that um, Ian Book probably has a higher percentage of doing very well when he's not in the pocket very long or rolls out. So to them, they are Clemson said, okay, what if we keep him in the pocket? What if we make them beat us passing? So if you look at their D line and their ends kind of did come up the field, but they weren't flying straight up the field. They were really attacking the tackles outside shoulder, getting their arms in the armpit and getting the arm out to try to like push them in instead of going straight up the field. They were more attacking at them. So they don't rush straight up the field. They can do that. And then they had their interior, their nose guard, and their tackle. They really sat there and kind of read what was going on. Like a read, you know, read defense with defensive alignment to say, Ian Book, you're going to stay in the pocket. You're not going to get happy feet. You're going to beat us this way. And I just like Clemson made better adjustments from the first game. Yes, they had Trevor Lawrence, but I, I'm tired of hearing how that's the reason why Notre Dame won. Their backup quarterback for Clemson gave everything he had, gave exactly the Trevor Lawrence numbers. The thing they were missing from Trevor Lawrence was, I think, checks at the line, I think the leadership, and then uh, Trevor Lawrence does have the ability to run, and I I, I don't think about it, I, and if I'm not thinking about it, I think a lot of people out there that are not Clemson fans don't really recognize that Trevor Lawrence can run, the backup quarterback really couldn't run. So I think maybe that Notre Dame just tried to do what they did last time. Then when they got behind, they did not adjust very well. Yes, Notre Dame's uh, OC is 28 years old, and I'm 30. It's crazy to think about. Uh, that's not the reason they lost. They didn't adjust very well. Clemson came out and said, we're Clemson. We're, we're going to make adjustments. So Notre Dame just got outplayed and outcoached. Uh, Notre Dame is still a very good team. I think they are a top. Seven team in the nation, so I'm tired of seeing people disrespect Notre Dame just because they don't like the name Notre Dame. You have to respect respect is due, and I know Louisville game was a letdown, but after that they have scored a lot. Of, they scored a decent amount of points. They've played de good defense. They are a good team. I think now some people are gonna say Texas A&M is better, uh, but and maybe they are because they play the SEC. But Notre Dame played a lot of games. I think they're very good. I think that four seed, if we had an expanded playoff, a five seed would be perfect for them right now. Uh, so I, I just feel bad because Alabama is going to herb stomp Notre Dame. On to Ohio State. We, we talked about it where the Big Ten has put Ohio State in a bad situation because, first of all, there's no leadership for the NCAA. The NCAA president has no leadership, didn't say, okay, you have to have X amount of games to be considered for the college football playoff. If you win your conference, but you so let's say, let's say it's seven games or eight games. I don't know. Let's just say the big the, the NCAA said, okay, you have to play six games to be even considered for the college football playoff. Now Ohio State is considered eligible, but there was no threshold, so. The SEC, the ACC, and the Big 12 said, let's go play as many games as we can to get these kids filmed, but also to, to leave no doubt if we play 11 games or whatever, 10, 11, 12 games, whatever it is, 9, 10, 11, 12, that there's no question that these teams should be considered for the college football playoff. But then the Big 10, I've said it before, tried to play hide-and-seek. They had to try to get people to go follow them, and they didn't. Only the Pac-12 did. The Big 10 saw that it could be done. They realized they were losing some money, and so they came back. 
So first of all, it's the NCAA president. The leadership of the NCAA's fault. They uh, they ruined it. They dropped the ball. There's no leadership. Why are they making the millions of dollars where there's no leadership? Uh, you could have paid me. What's the NCAA president make millions upon millions of dollars? You could have paid me 125k and say, and sent the rest of the money back to the universities, and I probably could have came up with a better plan, you know. And I'm stupid simple. Like I could have figured it out. It's ridiculous. So then, on top of it, there was no leadership from the Big Ten. They tried to come back and they said, "You get eight weeks, play these eight games, but there's no wiggle room." Did they honestly think there was going to be no cancellations or anything like that due to COVID? Not necessarily that a players are getting COVID. It, and that's what people are misconception, especially with high school sports. It's not necessarily the kids are getting COVID. It's the contact tracing. So if they happen to be around somebody or that somebody they're around happened to be around somebody else, you know, you're a third or fourth party. It's the contact tracing that kills you. So the Big Ten had these crazy things of, contact tracing it's two uh, you know over a week and a half two weeks and then the rule was well you can't go schedule somebody else that's ridiculous because they just wanted them to play a big 10 schedule did they not think that it wasn't going to happen and then i'm tired of people saying oh well ohio state's fault because it's not ohio state's fault because other teams cancel need you need to forget to make this argument a little better i know it, they would have beat illinois but Ohio State had the contact tracing with Illinois. Illinois was there to play. Illinois had some contact tracers, but their players were out, but they said we were going to play. Ohio State chose not to. So that doesn't look good. Or maybe you could have played because they already said Ryan Day was tested positive. He couldn't coach. You had the interim coach in place. I'm not saying being Illinois was going to be this high-profile thing to make your college football playoff thing better, but it showed that you didn't cancel the game. You didn't do this. But at the end of the day, the Big Ten really dropped the ball. In the writing, it should have said, okay, you get eight weeks. You need six games to be considered. If a game is canceled against you because of contact tracing or positive tests, and there is a team out there that you could play, we can work out a schedule and go schedule them. Kind of like Coastal Carolina and the Sun Belt. Like they had Liberty canceled. BYU was sitting there. They got it done. And the SEC had some cancellations. They were able to reschedule and get it done. This is what you could have done. The Big Ten dropped the ball. So when they rewarded it, like it was just for Ohio State. It was good for Ohio State. They couldn't let Ohio State fall because they're the ones that pushed for it to get back. Um, they want the college football playoff money. Dabo Sweeney, I think, at Ohio State at number 11. Because then you're starting to hear SEC and the ACC guys say, well, we didn't know you only needed five or six games. If we'd known that, we would have only scheduled that many games and not put people at risk for injuries or COVID and stuff like that. So it's just been this trickle-down effect with lack of um, leadership for the NCAA. But watching Ohio State... Well, it's funny. The, the, the people picking the college football team or the playoff teams, I don't know what they were looking at. Did they just base it off of the Indiana game? Because that looked like an okay Ohio State team. But when you actually sit there and watch Ohio State, Ryan Day thinks they're one of the best teams in the country. Justin Fields is overrated. I've said it before. Watching them play Northwestern, the excuse is they were down 20 players. Well, not all 20 of those players are rotated guys in or starters, so I don't want to hear any of that. 
Justin Fields overthrew a post by like eight yards. He he couldn't fling the ball around. Ryan Day was being done with his play calling. So the only way Ohio and then Ohio State's defense, they're where they're good at is their linemen and linebackers. So to run the ball on them is difficult. Northwestern was able to do it. If Northwestern had Indiana's passing attack, because Northwestern had no outside threats, none of these wide receiver threats. But they were still able to run the ball. But you can only do that so long before Ohio State says, oh, they can't pass the ball. We're going to bail out on the run game. If Northwestern had some type of pass game, they would have beat Ohio State. And then Ryan Day was being stupid with the play calling with Justin Fields and try to get Justin Fields his and all that. All that crap and all that shit. And, you know, then they figured out, oh, we can run the ball every single play. Our running back could get 300 and some yards. So it was just very dumb. So watching Ohio State... I don't think they're better than Texas A&M. Texas A&M play, and then to hear, oh, they play in the mighty Big Ten. Who was good in the Big Ten? It was Ohio State and Indiana. Penn State was not very good. They got it going later on. They weren't that good. Michigan wasn't that good. Illinois not that good. Iowa, pretty decent. Iowa, pretty decent. Okay. Wisconsin is iffy, so it just wasn't the same Big Ten. It wasn't a normal thing. Normally, yes, you could sit there and say the mighty Big Ten or a good Big Ten. This year... Big Ten is a basketball school. That's what they're going to – it's known for. Every single basketball team in the Big Ten is pretty good. Uh, it's going to probably be the best basketball conference. So I just don't see that argument. So the only real good team they beat like, – no offense against Northwestern. Northwestern's defense is really good. Their run game is really good. But really, Northwestern against the Ohio State University or whatever should not have. They were winning the game, and then it was 22-10. to 10. Now, if Ohio State won by 70, maybe it's a little different conversation, but they didn't. Justin Fields is overrated. He should not be a number uh, first-round draft pick. He's very athletic. Kind of reminds me of like a um, sort of like a trail prior, except he's a little faster, but something like that. Uh, it's just not very good. Uh, the run game's pretty good, but if you go up against a team that could stop the run, it's not going to be good. So, Texas A&M played better teams, played better. I think Florida is better than Texas A&M. If Florida did not lose to Texas A&M, and their only loss was to Alabama, I think it would have been Alabama, Clemson, uh, maybe Notre Dame, and then Florida. So that way you don't get a Notre Dame... No, excuse me. It'd be Alabama, Clemson, Florida, Notre Dame. So that way you don't get a Notre Dame, Clemson uh, playing again for the third time. So it'd still be Notre Dame. I don't think there's any way Notre Dame gets out of playing Alabama. So poor Alabama. But yeah, I think Florida is better than Ohio State. I think Florida would put up 40-some points on that. Now Florida's defense might get up a little bit, but... I think Florida put up 40 or 50 points. I think Trask is a better quarterback than Justin Fields, like overall passer. Athletically, like in space, you're going to go with Justin Fields, but Trask can kind of run the ball up the middle a little bit, which I don't think they should. Uh, I don't like how Dan Mullen runs him a lot. I don't think that's what he is. Dan Mullen's Dan Mullen, you know, um, was offensive coordinator for Urban Meyer and all them at Florida, you know, with Tim Tebow and then, you know, Coach Mullen was the head coach of Mississippi State with Dak Prescott, who can run. So I think he's trying to force Trask to be more of the power spread, up, you know, zone run stuff. And that's just not what he is. He's a pocket passer. You can move him a little bit and do that. But I think Florida is better than Ohio State. I think Texas A&M. I'm not a Jimbo Fisher fan at all. I don't really like him. 
I think Texas A&M is a better team than Ohio State. Uh, and then Indiana is a big six away from being Ohio State. So I, I don't see why they're even in the college football playoff. I think it's a slap face to Texas A&M. People talk about Cincinnati being undefeated. I've watched Cincinnati. I don't think they're very good. All right, they're good, but I don't think they could. I don't think they could go beat those teams. Uh, but I know the college football playoff was created for the undefeated teams to have a shot up in there, and it's kind of shown that if you're not Power Five conference winner or an SEC team, you don't make the Final Four college football playoff. And a lot of people have said, you know. You feel bad for these teams that wake up at the beginning of the college football playoff and, you know, 90% of them know already they're not going to make the, the the final four, make the playoff, even if they go undefeated, if they're not in the SEC or, you know, whatever. Uh, this big-time conference and everything, they're not going to make it. So, But don't put Cincinnati in there. I don't think they deserve it. I don't even think Oklahoma should be up there. I'm tired of seeing them in there. So, uh Realistically, I think you should have put Texas A&M and over Ohio State. People say Texas A&M over Notre Dame. I honestly think Notre Dame could beat Ohio State. I think it'd be a close game. But if Ohio State or if Notre Dame, excuse me, came out and you know did on balance, did the tight ends actually ran the ball to Ohio State, you know, short passes, rolling things against Ohio State, it'd be Ohio State's defense the reason why they don't win. And depending on which Justin Fields and Ryan Day shows up, because last year you know Justin Fields threw some dimes. Justin Fields should not even be a high school. Trask had some good guys for Florida. Don't get me wrong. He's got some athletes. But even when those athletes were hurt, he's still throwing dimes. He's still making good passes. He makes the people, those guys better. I think Justin Fields needs the athletes around him to be good. There's a difference. There's a difference between the guy that makes you better and being the guy that makes people better. Trask makes people better around him. Justin Fields can, but it's very inconsistent. I think he needs those guys around him to really look good. So I think that's why he is overrated. That's why I think Ohio State and the one because people watch it from X, Y, and Z. They watch it from they're the Ohio State and this, this, and that. If they actually sat down and watched the game from a coach's perspective, like we all do with Ohio State, they are not a top four team. They're just not. Bama would curb stomp them. I think Notre Dame could win in a close game. I think Clemson's going to win. So I'm going to say who I think is going to win, and then I'm going to get to who, uh, how to fix the college football playoff, and then we can discuss a little bit of um, Illinois football. But before I do that, um, it's been a tough year. Uh, you know, we've – I don't know if you guys are like me. I've been looking to get back into the gym. Uh, and if you're looking back in the gym and you're looking for that edge, or if you're just looking for something to help you get a little bit healthier, looking for something to go through life, and, and you know, supplements are a big thing. It's grown over the years. Uh, one of the, the, the fastest growing supplement company has been Redcon One. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 
So Redcon won it, you know, last year was in 2018 was the Vitamin Shop brand of the year. And it's got so many other awards that I don't want to waste your time to tell them all, but it's the fastest growing company. Uh, they work very hard. It's about dominating life and it's about being at the highest state of readiness. They have stuff for everything. So if you are looking to get into bodybuilding, they have supplements for you. If you're looking to be a power lifter, they have supplements for you. If you're just a normal person going to the gym to feel better, to try to look better, to be a little bit more healthy, especially during COVID times where we need to have strong immune systems, they have vitamins, everything like that for you. And they use nothing but the healthiest ingredients, the best ingredients to make their products. There's no BS stuff in them that you see. And they have crazy deals all the time. Um, they have everything. I'm telling you, they have pre-workouts. They have workouts just for the pump. They have isolated whey protein. They have whey protein. They have fat burners, healthy fat burners, mind you. They have um, vitamins. They even have supplements to take after you eat bad meals to try to absorb the good protein out of a bad meal during this Thanksgiving Christmas time. It's perfect. They have energy shots. They have, guys, I could go on. They have meal replacement powder that's good for shakes. Everything you need for life. So if you click the link in uh, the social media bio, if you click the link in the episode bio, go on Redcon 1 through the link in the bios. When you check out, if you use the code T20, S-T-E-P-H-E-N-K-U, you'll get 20% off your order. Now, Redcon 1 is so good, there's sometimes there are better deals going on. You might click on the link and you might see buy one, get one free. You might see 40% off for the day. That's fine. If you still click on the link, Use that code if that deal is for you. If you see a deal on there that's for you, use that deal. But if you could, when you check out, use that code, there will be a tier operator box. If you could put in my first and last name, S-T-E-P-H-E-N space, K-U-C-H-E-F-S-K-I, that will help me with Redcon 1. It will help me get more to support the show. So if you could do all that for me, let's go get the highest state of readiness and let's go tackle this 2021 and the better version of ourselves than we were in 2020. So predictions for the college football playoff. I think Alabama is going to curb stop Notre Dame. The only way Notre Dame has a chance is if they keep Alabama's offense on the sideline. They have to go back to being methodical running the football. They have to do RPOs. They have to do play actions. They have to do short passes and then take your shots. They got to get Ian Book outside the pocket. Notre Dame's defense is going to have to play and keep Alabama in front, but Steve Sarkeesian has reinvented himself as a play caller. It is fantastic. They have the athletes, of course, but they are just fantastic at calling plays, coming up with unique ways, shifts, motions, doing the same things, just out of different looks with eye candy. So I think Alabama is going to win. I have two versions of this. I can see it being a 55 to 17, 21 game. I can also see it being maybe a 48 to 21, 28 game. Somewhere in there, but I think you're going to see a blowout, or you're going to see a game that's closer than what it should have been. But it's or you're going to see a 48 to 21 game, 20 game. Like, oh, that wasn't too bad. But if you actually watch the game, kind of like that 34 to 10 when Clemson had it, it, it the score, it, the score should be higher than what it is. Dabo has been talking a lot about Ryan Day in Ohio State, and. I think you're going to see Ryan Day come out mad. He's going to try to do this play calling because I think Dabo shining under his skin. I think Clemson beats Ohio State, and it's the same. It's going to be the exact same. It's going to be a 55-21-28 to game, or it's going to be like a 41-48 to to a 21-type game. Somewhere in there, I think that's what we're going to see. 
Um, it depends on health. It depends on what Ohio State shows up. But I even think if Ohio State had in place, I think Clemson is better coached. I think they're going to be better prepared. I think they're going to have better athletes. You're going to see that. You're going to see another Clemson-Alabama matchup. It's going to be the game, one of the games of the year, hopefully. I, at the end of the day, I think it's going to be a, that one I'll get to later. I think it's going to be a close game. Alabama's going to win the national championship. You heard it here first. Take that to the bank. Go make a bet. Alabama's going to win the national championship. To fix the stupid college football playoff, we all got mad at the computer system, and then it, and this was supposed to fix it. At the very beginning, it was working okay, and the longer this has gone on, the more this Final Four just doesn't work. So there's been a couple ideas thrown around. I don't have it on paper. I don't have it concrete. This is talking out loud, talking to other podcasts, talking to other coaches, talking to other people. I think I figured it out. There's a lot of good ideas. Um, a coach we talked to, Coach Coach Bennett, I'm going to butcher your idea. That was on Coach Sheffer's podcast. He recommended maybe doing a top eight. So if you do a top eight, you can get your Power 5 conference winners and then your three at launch and bring them in. So maybe, or I think I'm butchering it, but you could have your three at large. You could do, you know, your top four, however you pick, and then the four at large or whatever, get the top eight. So right now we wouldn't have this discussion. You would have Texas A&M in, you could have uh, Cincinnati and you could get a Florida in and... I guess Oklahoma, I don't know why, maybe it could be a Georgia or something. You could do a top eight and go about that way. I think it's a good idea. I just feel like then we're going to go back to what just happened. It's going to be a good idea for a couple years, maybe. And then we're going to go right back to what we're doing now and be like, well, wait a minute. Like now, instead of 90, 95% of teams waking up at the beginning of the year saying we're not going to make it, now we're going to go to 85%. Uh, Another coach, and I've seen where maybe it's we go straight to what every other one does. You know, the FCS, Division Two, Division Three, Junior College, High School. Maybe it's like the top sixty-four or something like that. Kind of like NCAA. Scale back the regular season games about nine or ten. You have your winners, but then you rank them from one to sixty-four. That's your playoff, uh, and go about it that way. See where it's regions, so maybe you pick certain regions, and these top schools from this region go to a playoff, and they battle to get to the Final Four. Now, people are wondering, why hasn't this been done before? NCAA is about money. NCAA is about, you know, uh, making the money. The bowl games make the money. The Final Four makes the money, and all this. That's what it's about. I think you can still make money doing those versions. My version, I said... Um, the only problem with mine is I don't know how you're going to get every single uh, conference champion involved. Uh, but I said we always, for years, or however long, it's been top 25. Well, the top 25 used to mean something, and then when they started to do this college football playoff, it started not to mean anything. So to me, if you're going to keep the top 25, it's got to mean something. So maybe you the top 25, so scale it back to 9 games, 10 games, tops, absolute tops for the regular season. Your top 25 make the playoff. The first seed, because you earned it, you're the number one in the country, gets a bye. Those 24 go on to play in the first round of the playoff. They travel to the higher seeds uh, school. 
That helps with recruiting for the visitor team as well as the home team. The visitor team helps them recruiting because they're going to go play on maybe a bigger national televising because the playoffs. They're going to expose their team to that state that they're going to. Then it's going to help the home team with revenue for playoff tickets. It's going to help the NCAA with revenue playoff tickets. It's going to help them with recruiting because they're on. Could you imagine um, a bigger school than Coastal Carolina this year going to Coastal Carolina? And what that televised stuff does for Coastal Carolina and recruiting and revenue and the excitement of that team. I think no matter what, however you do that, there has to be a new playoff. So whatever you go with, I think you have to do that route of home playoff games going there. Don't do the bull stuff for the playoff. Then when you get to the Final Four, you can go back to the Rose Bowl and the Orange Bowl, like that type of stuff, the big time. Like you earn the right to do that and then get to the national championship. I think that's the way to do it. Then I think after the top 25, you have a system of two things. After the top 25, still keep the thing where if you're five and six, you're not going. You know, if you win six games, maybe you're on the bubble. That's where it comes out. Like in Illinois, we have playoff points for high school football if you win the sixth game. Or, or however many games, if we're playing nine games and you're on the four or whatever it is, uh, there has to be a cutoff. So after the top 25, get all these teams, two options. There's your bowl games. So you're fighting all year to get the top 25, and then as a reward, you still go play in this bowl game. And it means something. Or kind of do what NCAA does and have the NIT, where they have the NIT for basketball, have that. So after the top 25... You have this NIT playoff. Now, some people are like, well, that's kind of pointless. Well, they continue to play. They get filmed. They can go win that championship and go about that way. I think these are just different ideas. I like those ideas. Any of them will work. This has got to change. They've already said they're not going to change it. But they'll look at it later. If this doesn't show that the college football playoff doesn't work, I don't know what's going to be. You have to hit rock bottom before anything else. So, They've got to change it. It's got to be, I think one of those ideas is great. Maybe there's a better one that we've all come up with. Um, me, personally, I like the top 25 thing. It's supposed to mean something, and it hasn't. And make the top 25 mean something. Make actually having a winning record and this stuff mean something. Maybe the top 25 you automatically have to put in conference winners. I don't know. But this gives the opportunity, or maybe you change it for being a top 25 and say, we're going to take the top 40 or whatever, top 50. Maybe you do take the top 64, something like that to make it mean something. It gives more of the teams to fight for something, you know, because once they know they're not in the top eight, it's hard for them to continue to fight and play. So I think you have to go about it that way. Um, I don't know. Just some thoughts. Uh before I get into talking Illinois football and the head coaching changes that have come about um, in college football, um, this this episode uh, is sponsored through uh, the Launchpad Kickoff Tee. I am very excited that they've decided to sponsor the podcast. Um, the Launchpad Kickoff Tee, it's a game changer. This kickoff tee, uh, it's, it, I have one. It, it has this, these flaps on the side. You're able to lay the football however you want. You want it straight up. It's going to go straight up. You want it to be leaned a little bit, leaned a little bit. You want to lay it on its side, lay it on its side. Uh, it's a game changer for everybody. So if you're a coach and you have a young guy or a developing kicker who is 
quite not reaching the end zone all the time, it's the perfect tee for you to get your kicker. The reason is that it does give coaches a strategic options on the perfect type of squib kick you want to do, any type of onside, because onside a lot of luck, but this helps you give that little extra advantage. It is legal for use in the NCAA and for all high schools. The Launchpad Kickoff TA is a complete game changer, guys. So, use the link in the description or, you know, the link in the description is launchpadkickofftee.com slash CSS. Use that. Go get yourself a kickoff tee. You get one kickoff tee for 10% off. There's deals on getting two. And if you want to get three of them, you can get three of them and get the fourth one uh, free. So if you go to launchpadkickofftee.com slash CSS, use the code CSS to go get all the deals. Go get this kickoff tee for your kicker, especially you coaches out there that are playing right now before your spring season. Go do it. Uh, you guys for next year, go get it to use in the off season for your kickers. It's a game changer. Go check out the videos from Launchpad Kickoff Tee as proof on how it works. The key and the tee does come with a piece of paper of description of all the angles to put the football to kick it off. So go to launchpadkickofftee.com/css. Use the code CSS for the Coach Steve Show, and go get a kickoff tee. So some coaching changes. Um, the one I'm going to focus on is Illinois football. They uh, fired Lovey Smith. Then a week later, almost exactly a week, we uh, Coach Whitman, the or uh, Mr. Whitman, the AD for Illinois, uh, hired Coach Brent Bielema. Coach Brent Bielema uh, currently was a linebackers coach for the New York Giants. He spent I think a year, a year or two, um, coaching with Bill Belichick. Uh, I think linebackers or an assistant defense. Uh, with Bill Belichick for the New England Patriots. Now, in my... I originally was... All, no offense, I'm sorry, Coach Bielma. I was kind of against the hire at first. I heard the name. I was kind of like, oh, come on. It's because I didn't do my homework, and I apologize. I should have. I was going by memory. I was going by what was going on. He was the head coach at Wisconsin, I think, from... It was like 2005 or six up until about 2012, and then he went on to coach at Arkansas for five years, and then uh, he was, you know, let go of his job, and he went to the NFL. I thought he was fired from Wisconsin and then went to Arkansas. And so part of me was like, okay, really, I was just convinced that Illinois was going to bring in Coach Munkin because we need a guy with some Illinois ties and a guy that's going to be fiery. Now, Coach Bielma fits these descriptions, so before I talk about him, Coach Munkin is from Illinois. The entire Munkin family is from Illinois. They're sprawl over coaching. I thought it was going to be him. I was also thinking that it could be Coach Sean Lewis from Kent State. He is from Illinois in the suburbs. I believe Oak Lawn and Richards High School. He played at Wisconsin. Then he coached with Coach Babers at Eastern Illinois and went to Bowling Green, went to Syracuse, was an offensive coordinator. Then he took over at Kent State, does a good job. There's some Illinois ties to recruit. Then I also thought, just out of the thing of getting Coach Gus Malzahn on, just because he was going to get paid from Auburn, Illinois could say, hey, you're making money from Auburn. We can pay you this, you know, three or four million a year. You are getting paid from them. You are going to be this high-paid coach because of the situation. So I was just so convinced that we were going to get those guys. And so... Um, I heard Coach Bielema's name, and a part of me was like, I don't know if I want that because it just, in my mind, it just didn't seem like that was going to happen, and then it did. 
So I was kind of against it at first because, you know, he runs the pro side. He's going to bring this eye formation in. I thought he was fired from Wisconsin. Correct. I got corrected from my co-host on the Sunday Talking Sports with Brad Miller. He informed me that he was not fired in Wisconsin. He left. So I apologize to Coach Beal. I apologize to, to, to the thoughts process of that, that, um, that he was fired. He wasn't. He left Wisconsin to go to Arkansas and try to change it. I did my homework. I talked to people. I researched it. What a good hire for Illinois. What a great hire. He is from Illinois, Prophetstown. He played high school football in Illinois. His family is still in Illinois. He played football at Iowa. He was 32 years old when he got hired to be the head coach of Wisconsin. They won Rose Bowls. They won bowl games. They won a lot of games. He went to Arkansas. He won like 29 and 34, I believe. Trying to turn around. I just remember watching Arkansas, and it just kind of seemed like a lot of things were being forced. Like, it wasn't a lot of adaptation. It was, we're going to do this, we're going to do this, we're going to do this. And he alluded to it in the press conference, saying he has a, he has changed. He's going to adapt to how the game is done. He's going to adapt to how things are going to be done in Illinois. Love, Coach Slovy Smith just didn't seem very fiery. It seemed like a lot of times he answered questions were NFL politically. Coach Bilma's not. He's not going to go off on these tangents. Um, he's not going to disrespect people, but he's going to tell you how it is. He ain't going to sugarcoat it. He's going to tell you exactly what's on his mind. He's going to be respectful about it, but he's not going to... Everything's not always going to be this 110% politically, politically correct. He came and I watched the press conferences. He seems genuinely excited to be the head coach of the University of Illinois. He talked about how we are going to be tough up front. He is going to want to run the football, but I think you might see a power spread out of it, which I'm all for. But he is going to bring in toughness. He's going to bring in fun. He's going to bring in a culture, which is what Illinois needs. I've said from the get-go, that's why I was looking at it like a coach monkey. Uh, I think he even said when he went to the NFL, he. this is why I think in Arkansas, maybe he's trying to force things to do his way. The highway wasn't really going to change. He went to the NFL with Coach Belichick, really got to see how things are done. Really how you adapt and you need to go about what your players can do, about what you're going to. We talk about how the game has changed since he was at Wisconsin and Arkansas. He called our Illinois High School you know, Football Association to be a part of it. Because Coach Smith never even was a part of the clinic that was just put on, I think about a week and a half, two weeks ago. You had coaches from all over the United States. Coach Tim Alvin from Indiana right across the border called and said, I want to be on this. And... Not one Illinois coach was part of it. Coach Smith wasn't a part of it. There was this disconnect from the University of Illinois and the high school coaches. Not saying our we have great athletes over the state. Not saying they're necessarily this great thing, but you need to recruit the state. You have this relationship with the coaches. Coach Bilma just seems super excited to be at the University of Illinois. He really wants to have this maintained success, not this flashy of we're going to be good for a year or two and then be done. He wants to... There's a foundation. They have great facilities. I saw the video tours. They look like great facilities. They've upgraded everything. Uh, he's looking to hire coaches right now. He needs to start with the strength and conditioning. We need to go with the um, speed training that you're seeing in Alabama and Indiana and Clemson, Ohio State. We need to go to that. He's going to look at hiring the offensive defensive coordinator. He's talked about they're going to go to a 3-4, which I think is going to help with covering the type of teams we're going to see in the Big Ten. He hit the ground running already, talking to the players, already looking at recruiting, already getting the staff put together. He is genuinely excited to be here. Um, I apologize about the hire. I am on board. You know, I was standing at the train. I didn't get on. I had the ticket. And I bought, you know, I'm standing at the ticket thing to buy the ticket. I bought the ticket. I've stepped onto the train. I'm not in first class because of how hesitant I was and how bad I was about the hire. But I'm sitting on there. My 
kind of reclined back. After I see the staff hires and everything, then I can put my feet up. And I am on board with this hire. I'm very excited. He signed a six-year deal. Um, he wants to be here the entire time. He wants. He said this is a dream job. His family's from Illinois. He, he's a small-town person. Wisconsin, that's why he related to Wisconsin a little bit. That's why he was able to adapt a little bit to the, you know, the grinded out thing uh, with the SEC. And then he moved, I think he's living in, um, uh, in New Jersey, uh, coaching with the Giants. And he said he likes the Illinois life. And so I, he's saying the right things. People are worried about just him saying it, no action. Once we see the action, yes. But right now, I was excited for Lovey Smith just because I'm a Bears fan and this and that. This excitement I have is that there's a guy here that actually wants to be here, wants to be in Illinois. Just, it just, I have that feel of listening to him and talking to people. He loves it. He, he just wants to be here. He wants to maintain success. So, Coach Bielma, I'm all in. Oski Wow Wow, ILL, I and I. Let's go. Let's compete for the Big Ten. Let's compete. If they could change this playoff system for the playoffs, let's go and compete with Ohio State. Michigan, Minnesotas, and Iowas of the world. Go Coach Bielma, ILL, INI, Oski Wow Wow. Guys, that's all I've got. Thank you guys for listening. I hope you guys have a very Merry Christmas or a very Happy Holidays, whatever you guys practice. Hope you enjoy it. Hope you're around friends and family. Uh, please support, continue to support the podcast. There's some Coach Steve gear out. It's all in the bio. Please go listen to the Unhinged Sports Network. They've got some big things going on. They have a lot of rookie like me to come on. Go check it out. Podcast playing 24-7. Uh, so, guys, happy holidays. Enjoy yourselves. Kick back. Try to relax. Try to find some positivity. Relax. Watch some basketball, football. Let's go gain some weight before we go get our Redcon 1 supplements and go out and watch some FUBU TV and go out and kick a football off the tee. Uh, so guys, thank you so much for listening. Stay safe. We're going to see you guys next time. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.